Welcome to the Speak With People podcast. My name is Jason Reitz. I'll be your host today, and I'm so glad that you are joining us. Remember, again, this podcast exists because we believe healthy communication is oxygen for your relationships and your leadership. So whether you communicate one-on-one to a team from a stage or from behind a screen, we really hope that this podcast challenges you, encourages you, inspires you to communicate in healthy ways. You really will be more effective when you choose to communicate in healthy ways. And when you do, believe it or not, you really can change your world with your words. Well, today, I'm excited for our podcast. We are diving into the captivating world of gameness. Gameness. We are interviewing an author who wrote a fantastic book called Gameness. And I'll be honest with you, uh, this title grabbed my attention because at first I was like, oh my goodness, what is gameness? Have you heard of this concept? I bet uh, many of you, like me, you, you may have not. Once we dive into it, it will, it will click and make sense. But we're going to answer questions like, how do you live beyond your in- inevitable problems and pain that threatens to derail you from your fullest potential? How do you embrace resilience? How do you refuse to quit? Uh, we're going to dive into some secrets to cultivating that kind of unwavering determination. Uh, and then communicating to yourself, to others, that you're, you're just not going to give up. You're going to achieve that personal growth. Well, today I'm just so honored because we have the author of this great book, David Dennis, with us. He is the president and chief executive officer of Eckerd Connects, uh, an incredible nonprofit organization. He's also a counselor and marriage and family therapist. Not only that, he's just so incredibly genuine. I'm so honored to have him on the podcast. Uh, David, welcome to the Speak With People podcast. Jason, thanks for having me. Good to be here. Absolutely. Well, hey, before we jump into this conversation, we answer some of these questions, I thought maybe could you tell us, tell our listeners just a little bit more about your story, who you are, your family, where you're from, all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Uh, this July 30th, I'm going to celebrate 35 years of marriage to my best friend. Wow. Becky. Congratulations. Yeah, we're the very grateful uh, parents of five awesome adult children, uh, ages 23 through 33, and uh, two beautiful granddaughters, six and four. And um, we uh, have lived here in Clearwater, Florida for about 16 and a half years since I was recruited to come and lead this organization that you just mentioned, Eckerd Connects. Uh, you can learn more about that work at our website, eckerd.org, uh, E-C-K-E-R-D.org. Uh, so that, that's my day job. Uh, I know we're here to talk about this book that I've, I've recently written, but that's a little bit about me and, and uh, our, our family. Any other questions about that? I'd be happy to answer. I love it. I love it. Clearwater is a tough area to, uh, <laughs> to be recruited to come to. That must have been a tough, a tough decision. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, 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 it's, I tell people it's a kind of a, a little slice of heaven. It's, it's, it's not heaven, but it's got to be the waiting room. It's a beautiful yeah. place. It really is. We, we hosted our first conference, the Speakers Conference in Clearwater Beach, and uh, we had folks from Tennessee and some other country. Uh, well, we did have a couple from other countries, other states. But in the morning, you know, it's one of those conferences where you, you wake up and you go, oh, okay, I can, I can, I, before the session start, I can walk the beach with my cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is absolutely a lovely, lovely place. It sure is. Well, I grabbed your book uh, when I was introduced to you from a, a mutual friend. 
and went through it. And uh, it came really for the right time for me. You know, we started to speak with people. It'll be a year, uh, September 1st. And so this first year has been so much about storming and forming and trying to figure out our identity and keep moving forward. And right in the introduction, you know, I needed it because you break down gameness. And so uh, and what it means to be game. And so I thought, hey, can you let's just start there. Can you give our listeners uh, just a definition of what it means to be gameness? Yeah, and maybe to 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 uh, start with, I'll, I'll just say the the reason I wrote this book, Jason, was yes. uh, uh, as a gift for my our, our five kids. Mm. Uh, my uh, father died when I was very young; I was about four years of age, uh, and my sister and I lived with our mother for a while, and she really struggled with the loss of our our dad. Mm. Uh, it was her second husband to lose at a pretty young age. And she came from a very challenging background herself, uh, deep poverty, no education, uh, no job skills. Uh, my, my dad was a pipeline uh, welder. We just followed him around for the first several years of my life, uh, construction jobs. So she really had no support network. So she turned to alcohol to self-medicate her, uh, her depression over that loss. And she never could pull out of it. She tragically... Uh, we, we were removed from her custody by child protective services placed in different homes in foster care and get thankfully reunited and raised by the same family and um, she later tragically uh, fell asleep one night uh, drunk and and burned in her bed uh, in a fire in her house so um, you know i never got to have a conversation with my dad uh, that i that i remembered or that that I could recall, no advice, you know, what would you do in this situation, dad? No words of wisdom. And I, I told my kids, I said, I'm writing something for you that I, it's going to be a lead behind. A, a big hole I always had in my life was uh, your podcast is about words. Words are important. And words that I craved were words from my dad. Uh, like I said, what, what, what would he do in these situations? Advice, guidance, uh, you know, wisdom, and just memories of conversations. His his voice, his, his laughter, and none of that. And those things are important. So I decided I wanted to leave something behind for my kids so that after I was gone, they would uh, have, have some words for me, kind of the conversation I never got to have with my dad. So that's why I started writing the book, because I began to share some of it with them. They encouraged me to, to put it into a book and share it with other people. But the reason I wrote the book was I was trying to decide I didn't want to just share reflections from a journal or something like that with my kids. I wanted to leave something behind with them that that if I boiled it down to one message that I really believed held the, the, the most uh, potential to help them live their lives to their fullest potential, what would those words be? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so as I continued to hone it down, I was really looking for one word that I could entitle the book that captured really the essence of what I wanted to say to them. Like, what's, what is the most important message I could give them? Uh, you know, apart from, you know, uh, we're, we're a family of faith. So, you know, trying to, to, to live out my faith in genuine ways, sharing that with them was obviously uh, more important than this. But aside from that, this message, uh, I was familiar with the word. I'd, I'd heard of the word gameness hmm. and, and I, I kind of thought I knew what it meant. Uh, and I was always attracted to it. And so I decided to look it up. Uh, I was more familiar with the, with the word game, you know, are you game? So I thought, well, 
what what is gameness? It, you know, is it even a word? So I looked it up, and sure enough, it, it is it has a very powerful definition. I it's got layers of meaning. I put that definition in the book, but the the, the next uh, in the dictionary when I was looking up the definition, there was a follow up uh, definition to the book, and it, it was gave kind of the four defining attributes or characteristics of what gameness was. And when I read that, lights went off and and. And it was like, I knew right then, this was the title of the book. This was the message I wanted to give my kids because all the things I had been writing really fell in the category of one of these four attributes. And those four attributes are the four sections of this book. And, and those attributes are never quit mindset, resoluteness to purpose, a fighting spirit, and the will required to act beyond your feelings. Mm. Ooh. Well, those are powerful. I mean, if you're, uh, if, if you're able to dive into even one of those, I mean, especially with how easy it is for people to want to be able to give up or want to be able to quit. I mean, uh, yeah, each, each one of those, you couple those together. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I, uh, I'll just share some statistics with you that, that I read recently that, that punctuate what you just said, Jason, uh, if, if you think about the fact that we're projected this year to to, to see probably 1.2 million attempted suicides oh. in America, think about just that for one. Uh, there'll probably be about 10 million adult arrests this year. Wow. Uh, 700,000 teen teenager arrests. Uh, almost 700,000 marriages will uh, crash and burn and end a divorce. Uh, you. 250,000 children will uh, probably end up being put in foster care, new ones this year. Um, and cause of death in America, uh, the greatest uh, cause of death in America this year, uh, number one, which it's been in years, many years past, will be heart disease linked to uh, obesity and inactivity. So I share all those to say that's a lot of quitting. And when you look at the, the, the pain associated with all of that quitting because it was a lot of pain usually in people's lives that cause that quitting. Then the collateral damage in other people's lives that's fallout from that quitting. Uh, learning to cultivate a mindset of never quit mindset and a fighting spirit and resoluteness to your purpose and the will required to act beyond your feelings. Wow. I'm not, I'm not sure there's a more important thing that we could do in our life than cultivate that mindset because you're not born with this. It's not an innate thing. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, and what hope that brings people, you know, because yeah. so often we think we get so wrapped up into the fear of missing out and we see somebody else succeed and we watch it all online and we think, well, I could never, you know, I mean, that really speaks to resilience, you know, so how can leaders, how can people kind of cultivate this mindset of perseverance and resilience in in the face of their challenges. I mean, because you you dove just a little bit into your story. I mean, <laughs> you you went through a lot of challenges. And so you came out the other side, you know, and we're able to put those words into a book. And so yeah, how can we how can we develop that mindset of perseverance? Yeah, what one of the things uh, that I would say right off the bat is that it it may sound like a, a small nuance, but it's really not. And that is there's a difference, a significant difference between resilience and gameness. Hmm. Uh, resilience 
is is an important part of gameness and it's it's a step toward gameness it's mm -hmm. if you have gameness you have resilience but you can have resilience and not have gameness and what i mean by that is i could be as an example uh, i could be uh let's just say i'm a, a, a woman and i'm married and i'm in a situation where i'm experiencing domestic violence mm. and i'm getting beat up uh, and I, I don't mean to use such a crude example but it kind of makes my point just because i cultivate the ability to keep weathering those beatings and I get tougher and tougher and it bothers me less and less that I'm getting beat every day. Uh, and I keep coming back for more without giving up. That's, that's a level of resilience. That's not gameness. Right. Gameness, gameness is when adversity comes your way, problems come your way, pain comes your way and you find a way to get wiser, stronger, more resourceful, better for it. And you don't bounce back, you bounce forward. Yes. So res resilience is bouncing back. And while it does require resilience to get to the point where you bounce forward, but gameness is bouncing forward. Hmm. And there's and there's a big difference. And there's a big difference in that mindset. And it's it's uh, the banner on the top of my book says finding advantages in your adversity, not not just enduring them. When, when we, every, every day, the one thing every human being has in common, Jason, is I think everybody that's listening to your podcast would agree. Every day we're going to get up and answer the door and adversity is going to be there to de demand something of us. Every one yep. of us. Okay. Well, resilience is yes. And I, I'm prepared for adversity and I'm just going to keep coming back and facing it over and over. That's it. In a, in a business, it's not good enough. If this year doesn't go well for you and your new business, you can't just come back and say, well, I'm back at it again this year. You've got to stop and ask yourself, did I not plan well enough to have a good year? Do I need to change my plan? Do I need to, the, the adversity I faced showed me I'm not doing it. Yeah, I'm not doing whatever I'm doing well enough to succeed at what I'm trying. So what do I need to do differently? I'm going to get wiser, better, smarter, more resourceful. It was, it's a problem that you didn't end the year well. But that yep. problem makes you get better or not. So here's here's how we respond to problems. Every one of us, we either surrender or we try to survive it or we subdue it. Mm. Surviving is the resilience posture. Subduing is the way God told us in the beginning. You, people listening to your podcast may not be a person of faith like myself, but they may. If you do believe the creation story, though, the very first directive God gave man and woman after he created him was something we don't talk a lot about. And he, he told him he wants them to have a very specific mindset when he created them and showed them this incredibly beautiful universe full of all kinds of possibilities. He didn't say, Hey, I hope, I hope you enjoy this. I hope this goes well for you. They weren't spectator, spectator terminologies. He said, now go subdue this mm. and, and take dominion of every living thing. We're living things, so that includes us. And those are like military terms. They're they're take charge terms. They're like, uh, let's see what you got. Go do something with this. It's proactive. It's take charge of this, manage this, steward this. So that's a mindset of gameness, and it's not a mindset of just enduring or just being resilient. Boy, that's so good. That's so good. <laughs> you know, especially <clears throat> I've read uh, from multiple leaders 
uh, hardest person to lead is yourself. And so, so much of self-leadership is, you know, listening, communicating to all of these negative voices and thoughts. You know, I think Vanessa Van Edwards calls them the gremlins. You know, people of faith would, would say this is, you know, the lies the enemy is putting in your head. So from a gameness standpoint for leaders, you know, what are some ways that leaders we can communicate to ourselves, you know, or squash out those lies yeah. so we can, we can keep moving through that? You know, um, one of a couple of my favorite quotes, um, you know, are, are these, and you'll know them. One of them is what, what comes from a man's mouth or a woman's mouth, a person's mouth, what comes from a person's mouth is what fills their heart. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, and, and that, that actually comes from the book of Matthew in the Bible, um, Another one in Proverbs that I really like is what is in a man comes out of a man mm. or what is in a person comes comes out of a person. So I guess the, the most important point I would make there is, you know, whatever comes out of our mouth, those two statements remind us is what fills our heart. It's what fills our mind. Mm. So so well, I, could, I mean, you, you're going to speak the things that your heart is full of and that your mind is full of. OK. Yeah. I can't choose all my circumstances in life, so I can't choose the pain that I experience, and and I, and so therefore, how much pain I've experienced, and how much pain may be in my heart or in my mind, and memories of the past, and all kinds of things like that. I, but I can choose what I'm going to do with that, and and what I what I mean by that is this: like if you look at the four attributes of game, it's the first one is never quit mindset. The reason that's important is when bad things happen or challenges happen or adversity happens, you can, like I said, well, I go surrender or, or to go into survival mode or subdue and subdue means once again, I'm going to find a way to get better because of this. Yeah. Okay. Not just endure it. And it's a huge difference. And the way that happens is this, you're all, all of us live in a world that is uncertain, mm. unfair, unfair, and oftentimes unpleasant, right? So since we know we live in a world that's unfair, uncertain, and oftentimes unpleasant, we're going to face these adverse circumstances. And so that first section of the book where I talk about a never quit mindset, the reason that's important is when these things happen, you don't quit right then. Uh, you've got to say, okay, yes, this is happening or that happened. It's not good. It's, this sucks. This is painful. This is difficult. But gayness is saying, I'm going to cultivate the ability to see my circumstances better even when I can't see better circumstances. Oof. So in other words, I, I, you've got to cultivate yourself to learn to see things better even before you can see better things. And that, that, that means you're being constructive in the way you think about whatever you're experiencing versus reactive. Okay. It's responding. There's a difference in responding and reacting. Responding means, okay, that happened or this has happened. Um, how, how can I see this better? I, yeah. tell, a, I tell a story in the book. Um, you've, if you read the book, you read this. I visited some friends of mine in Vermont. And retired political attorney has a Christmas tree farm in an apple orchard for his retirement gig. Broke my leg skiing first week I was there, ended up at their house for a few weeks. 
drinking way too much of this amazing apple cider in this jug that was all in their fridge. And one, one night I said, how do you make this? I said, I've always loved apple cider, but yours is particularly good. I said, I'm just, I'm just, just curious, you know, is there some, you've got to have some selection process to pick just the perfect apples to, to make this stuff because it's so good. And he kind of looked at me funny and laughed and said, well, you don't have a clue how apple cider is made. I said, no, no, I don't. And he said, the irony of your question is that we use the bruised apples, not the perfect apples. Uh, the apples that got packed too tight in a box and they, you know, they didn't make it to the shiny show shelf in the grocery store where they got knocked off by a storm or the pickers bumped into it and bruised it and they got knocked to the ground and they're, they're bruised and damaged. So, you know, we either leave, they, we can either leave them laying there and rot and, and go to waste or we can repurpose them and put them in the apple press and make cider out of them. Mm. And so when things happen to you in your life, that things aren't going as planned. You can either surrender and become bitter. Uh, you can you go into survival mode and just say, I'm just going to get tougher and I'm going to endure this, which that's not gameness. Or you can subdue it and say, I am going to look around here and say, I may not be going to the shelf with the shiny apples and produce, but I'm going to repurpose myself and I'm going to, there may be a detour to my dream or a detour to my destiny. I'm going to see things better, even though I can't, I'm going to see them better, even though I can't see better things. Hmm. You've got to be able to adapt. That's what, that's why you have to have an ever quit mindset and yep. constructively kind of deconstruct your situation. And that's the very first step because all of us enter into life with a lot of experiences from our childhood, none of which, most of which we didn't have any control over. Yep. And what those things do as a kid, as you begin to develop a worldview, a self-esteem, a self-perception, kind of your self-identity, that's what fills your heart. You begin to speak out of that and say things that reflect that. If you feel like a victim, you're going to talk like a victim. If you feel defeated, you're going to talk defeated. Wow. If, you, if you feel hopeless, you're going to be hopeless. If you're bitter, you're going to act bitterly. You're going to, if you're, if you're angry, you're going to be angry in your, in your communications. So what your mindset is, in other words, the quotes I shared earlier, what, what fills a person's heart is what comes from their mouth. Yep. So you got to stop, first of all, and do a gut check and say, do I have a gameness mindset? Do I have a mindset that, as Victor Frankl reminded us in his book, Search for Man's Search for Meaning, I have no control over the circumstances I'm in sitting here in this Nazi prison camp, but I have total control over how I'm going to respond to the way these guys are treating me. Wow. That's, my, that's mine to control. Wow. And, and so prison wasn't something he survived. Prisons where he thrived and actually developed the foundation of logotherapy, which was his philosophy and approach for his therapeutic interventions as a psychiatrist when he got out of prison. And it was his, the way he thought differently about his circumstances that enabled him to survive cer uh, the same circumstances that killed and destroyed hundreds of thousands of other people. That's the beginning point. Wow. Wow. My goodness. I mean... <laughs> Uh, just to fast forward a minute, because we're running out of time, and I we're we're probably going to need another another podcast episode to keep diving into this. I love but it. I love it. Fast forward into the book. You know, you, you do the chapter on pain, and this kind of ties in, you know, with what what we were just talking about. But you say if we're not careful, what's behind us can sneak up and pummel us. I mean, you what you just spoke with right there talks so much about. I mean, how many leaders? are held back because of that past pain, because of, you know, the, the damage that was done to us. And if we could just realize that that damage can help propel and produce and, you know, move us forward. I mean, it's just, you know, 
uh, so powerful. I know you just kind of spoke to it a little bit, but what are some, you know, uh, do you have any other thoughts about, you know, moving past those past pains so we can experience yeah. you know, that better, that better future? Yeah. The first step is to see whatever the pain is in your heart, whatever circumstances maybe you've gone through that have created kind of the condition of your, your heart and mindset and attitude about things. That's important. Kierkegaard reminds us that for life to be understood, it must be understood backwards, but for it to be lived, it must be lived forward. Mm. So, you know, but, but there's a reason your rearview mirror is about that big and your windshield is that big. Okay. So that, so the next step in gameness is resoluteness to a purpose, which is all about fulfilling your potential. So the first step is to upgrade your perspective, see things better, even though before the, you can see better things. But the second thing is, see the invisible i have a quote that i on a plaque i keep on my desk it says only those who see the invisible can do the impossible Ooh. and there's a great verse in the bible that says without a vision the people shall perish well the opposite of the word perish is to thrive which means so then if you have a vision and you can see clearly a picture of something that yeah it may not exist yet but that becomes your goal or your dream or your vision and you begin to see that that creates an, a, an attitude of an energy of thriving rather than atrophine, which is what the word perish means. Okay. So a, a vision for your future is you've got a compass, but you've also got an engine. So you've got to, you've got to have the right perspective over your challenges, things you're facing, things you may have inherited in your life. But resoluteness to a purpose means what is it that you really believe is most important in your life? What do you believe your calling is? What do you think your personal mission is, uh, your business mission? But and now and also your ultimate purpose, you know, I have an ultimate purpose in my life that has to do with my faith. But my kind of day to day mission as far as me living out my life is is to advance the potential and purpose of others. So to be focused on your resoluteness to a purpose means that I am I'm driven by what's in front of me. The, you know, the rest of our canvas hasn't been painted. Uh, oftentimes we view ourselves and we view others as a problem to be solved versus seeing them as a potential to be realized. And when we see people that, that work for us or with us in that way, it, it makes all the difference in the world. And so you, you're talking about possibilities. It's, it's a, it's a strategic mindset. Mm. Wow. Wow. There's just, Oh my goodness. There's just so much there. <laughs> it's just something else as we kind of, as we kind of turn the corner, you know, as we think about, you know, communicating our game, this, you know, so often people want to remind us, <laughs> of our past, you yeah. know, even those closest to us, you know, people we yeah. work with, we have a new idea, we have a new vision. They want to squash it right away. I have a friend who, you know, has labeled himself the dream crusher, you know? So how do we, any thoughts on how we communicate to those folks, you know, as we're, you know, we're especially moving forward. Yeah. And, and I'll, and I'll tell you, uh, I, this is a real important part of the book as well. This, the last section of the book is called the will required to act beyond your feelings. Mm. I'll tell you a quick story. I was writing this book, and if you've ever written a book, it's a lot harder than you might imagine. You get stuck a lot, and and so I was writing at home, and and I, I I'm stuck, and I was just like, I don't know if I could finish this. And my kids kept asking me, Dad, how's the book coming? And I was like, Oh, why did I tell them I'm writing this? Because I don't know if I can finish it. I'm going to feel like a failure. And uh, so I thought I got to get out of here. So I found this really trendy, cool coffee shop. I tell this story in the book. Uh, in, in, in Dunedin, which is a little community near us. And, and so uh, they have a lot of cool uh, coffee shops and craft breweries and stuff there. 
And so I went down there and I'm, I'm in there and they've got the cool soft jazz music playing and, and uh, you know, everybody's, it's just a great vibe, you know? And so I, I got my laptop out and started working it. It worked. And I don't know if it was the caffeine or if it was the, you know, the ambiance or whatever, but I, I was on a roll. I was, I started going in there day after day and this young barista uh, that works in there, 20 year old guy, he, one day he said, wow, you're in here every day, really working hard on something. I got to ask you, if you don't mind, what are you working on? <laughs> I, and I was about to say, oh, I'm writing a book. But just as I was going to say it, I'm flooded with all these fears of failure. You know, like, oh, my gosh, I can't tell him I'm writing this book. What if I don't finish it? And he's going to ask me. He, the guy already remembers what my coffee order is every day. He'll never forget this. <laughs> Imagine that all fly through your head in a second. But I'm like, I've got to answer it. So I just went ahead and said is, with as much confidence as I could, oh, I'm, I'm writing a book like it's no big deal. And he said, oh, well, tell me about it. So I started telling him about our conversation that you and I are having right now. He got really into it and said, wow, what an important book. That's we, we, man, we all need that. And I, and I was kind of going along. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's, it's exciting. And then, and then he said these words as he was walking off. He said, you know, I'm so glad I met you because I, I've never met anybody that told me they were writing a book that's ever finished it. Oh, my gosh. I call it the latte landmine. Oh. I mean, I, I, I just, I, my heart sunk. I didn't show him and I'm like, oh, okay, good. So I went back trying to finish my book. Wow. I, I, of all things about what? Gameness, never put mindset, fighting spirit, resoluteness to a purpose. And here I let this 20 year old barista drop me to my knees with yep. one line of words. That's how powerful words are. Words can launch us or they can sink us. So I, I couldn't even finish t writing. I had to get up and left. And I'm, I was like really bummed. And I was like, oh, my gosh, all I can picture is me not writing this book. And and I'm on my way home. And it was like God whispered in my ear, like, what a wimp. You know, like you're writing yeah. a book about gameness. And you just let this kid take you out with one one word, one sentence. Yep. And I thought and I slapped out loud in the car. And I thought, gosh, this is crazy. I got home and I wrote a note to myself. And I said, I will finish this book and Grant will get one of the first copies. And he did, signed. And I tell the story in the book, kind yep. of to honor the conversation. And I told him about the conversation, but I answer that kind of a long answer to your question. But the point yep. is, absolutely, words are powerful and, um, and, and they, they mean something. And that's why it's important that we say there are words. One of the things I actually said to myself as I thought about it later, what if he had said these words to me? What if he had have said, you know, I'm so glad I met you because you remind me of this guy that used to come in here and do just what you're doing. He used to sit in the same seat, matter of fact, and he was writing a book, too. And uh, and if I had said, oh, really? Well, how did it turn out for him? He said, oh, I came this crazy bestseller. He's he, he, he quit his day job. All he does is right now. And he bought a house down here on the beach and just walks the beach with his grandkids and writes books. Well, I would have thought that could be me. Right. It would have been empowering. But here's yeah. the crazy thing about it. I took time to think about his words and I didn't quit. I I upgraded my perspective and I said, OK, now, wait a minute. What? Where's your fear coming from? And I could see this differently. And I decided, you know what? I let it propel me to make a commitment to finish that book mm. because I'm not, I'm not going to live in fear. Yeah. OK, so. And, and the, my point really is this. I almost entitled this book, uh, Who Cares How You Feel? And, and the reason is because of what you just said a while ago, Jason. Uh, 
all those statistics that I read a while ago, 1.2 million suicide attempts, you know, all those, all those marriages ending the divorce, uh, families falling apart, kids on the foster care, viol domestic violence is behind all it. What do you think is driving almost all of that? Addictions, uh, addiction to food, the, all the deaths from heart disease, LinkedIn activity and obesity. It's coming from people uh, succumbing to their feelings. Okay. They're, they're letting their feelings dictate their behaviors. And one of my favorite writers, William James, philosopher, psychologist, used to say, I don't sing because I'm happy. Mm. I'm happy because I sing. Wow. And so what a, a big part of this book is I wanted to leave my kids with this message of be committed to acting yourself to new ways of feeling versus trying to feel yourself to new ways of acting. And so wow. that's, that's that. So when people say words that are negative or their criticisms, or you say them to yourself, deconstruct them, think about them and then stop and say, okay, are you, are you doing what it takes to give yourself the feelings you want? Right. And, and so you're in control of your feelings. Actions drive feelings. I don't feel like going to the gym ever. I always feel wonderful when I leave. But endorphins, endorphins aren't free, okay? As Jocko Willink likes to say, discipline is freedom. Hmm. And so this living a life of gameness is living a life where we expect criticism. We expect negativity. We expect uh, problems. Yep. Uh, and, and we have a mindset that we're building and cultivating that for that reason, I, I know that's coming every, I'm not going to, why do we keep acting surprised that Jason said this to me and it made me feel like this and we're yep. whining. It's just like, we have this virus of victimhood going on in our life. And it's like, we're choosing that. Okay. That's, that's not the mindset God told us to have. He said, no, Jason, you're just supposed to go subdue and take dominion. So when somebody says something like that, uh, is there any value in what they said? Deconstruct it. Uh, is there any, is anything good you can harvest out of that? Maybe they said something to you that's true that you needed to hear. Yep. But if, if it's not usable and it's not going to help you grow stronger and better and wiser and more resourceful, discard it. Yep. You're in charge of what you do with it. You're in charge of what you fill your heart with and what you fill your mind with. But nobody innately is born with, I, I hear people say, well, you know, Jason, he's, you know, he just, he's just real game. I mean, you know, he, he's just, well, he's just always been real determined. I'm just not like that. I'm no, that's, that's crap. Yeah. You know, this is not an innate thing you're born with. You know, you develop gameness, you build a mindset. It takes work. It takes hard. It takes discipline to learn to act yourself to new ways of feeling instead of trying to feel yourself to new ways of acting. So that's really what this, I love you. I love what you said in the beginning of, uh, your notes when you wrote me back talking about gameness, I think you summed it up beautifully. It's an unwavering determination. Mm. It's an unwavering tenacity. But and the reason for that is it isn't just to avoid the pain of all those suicide attempts and arrest and kids in foster care and and broken marriages. Flip that on the other side and say, not only if those people had gameness, would they not be one of those statistics? Imagine all of those people living their life to their fullest potential. Wow. Game changer. Yep. Yep. Oh, that's powerful. That's powerful. Well, 
my goodness, thank you for sharing your heart. Thank you for, I mean, I know that this is going to be incredibly helpful for our listeners. Before I let you go, let's just do a couple of really quick rapid fire questions. Let our listeners kind of keep getting to know you. You've been yeah. in the Tampa Clearwater area 16 and a half years. I sometimes pinch myself because I'm like, most of the country like waits all year so they can vacation where <laughs> I live. <laughs> but what's, what's one of your family's favorite Tampa area beaches? Honeymoon Island. Okay. Yep. Yep. It's fantastic. We love it too. Uh, is there a book you think uh, I'm going to ask for one, you know, every leader should read? Gameness. Okay. Land, land on your feet, not on your feelings. You know, I, I, I hope everybody reads this book. Uh, if anybody's listening to this show and they can't afford one and they want one, uh, I'll donate as many as I can. That's how important I feel like this message wow. is. But, but a book that I didn't write, that I would recommend every leader read is called The Effective Executive by Peter Drucker. Oh, yeah. Yep, it's a small absolutely. book uh, full of wisdom. Yep. The Effective Executive by Peter Drucker. Yep. And then lastly, uh, if you're a podcast listener, is there one that you love for leadership development or one you love for just guilty pleasure that just kind of fills you up? Speak with people. <laughs> you know, I... I I want to promote your show because I think what you're doing is so important, Jason, and I don't see anybody out there doing exactly what you're doing. Uh, and so I think, uh, as you know, uh, as I said earlier, uh, advancing the potential and purpose of others is my personal life mission. You cannot do that without applying the principles that you're promoting and, mm. and th that make it possible to have the relationships with people to allow you to do that. So I think it's real important, but but really a more broad answer to your question would be any podcast that is committed to advancing the potential and purpose of others yeah. uh, excites me. And if I hear one, I'm I'm listening. I I want because I want to grow myself. Yes, uh, I, I want to keep growing. I want to live my life to its fullest potential. And uh, you know, I love David Goggins, retired Navy SEAL, said, mm -hmm. uh, "You are you are living a life so soft." And comfortable that you are at risk of never living your life to its fullest potential. And I, and I really believe that. And so I hope my book is kind of a create some discomfort uh, and prods and even provokes people to really think about their life hard enough to do anything they need to do to have the courage to live their life to its fullest potential. And uh, even if it means I'm telling somebody they got broccoli in their teeth, I'd rather that discomfort be there while they read but their life get better and they thank me later. I love that. I love it. Well, David, thank you again for your time. Thanks for being on the podcast. Is there a, a, a website we, we can send people to? Uh, we can, sure. can find out more information about you. Yeah, the, you could go to the book's website, but it also has my bio on there and information if anybody ever wanted to contact me to come speak or I do some coaching and, and some consulting and things along that lines in this topic. But the website is Gameness Leadership dot com. Perfect. And we'll, uh, we're going to post all of those uh, book suggestions and links in the show notes. And so David, thank you again for being on the podcast today. It was an honor. Totally thank an honor. You. Wish you well. Absolutely. Thank you to our listeners for joining us on the Speak With People podcast. We really uh, love that you're part of this community. Speaking of community, if you've not joined the Speak With People community Facebook group, uh, we just have hundreds and hundreds of leaders who are uh, joined together in this group to curate ideas, to learn how we can become better communicators together. 
And so just go to Facebook and search for Speaking People Community Group. Also, if you have not uh, seen, the pathway is finally out. Speak with people's resource to help every leader with uh, their, their public speaking skills. So if you're someone who rarely speaks in public or you're someone who speaks in public often, uh, this is an eight-step uh, guide that helps you become a more confident, a more clear, and captivating communicator. So you can find it at speakwithpeople.com slash the pathway. You can download the video course, The Pathway, or you can do private coaching with me, and we'll work together on your public speaking skills. Again, thank you so much for being a part of the Speak With People podcast. Thank you again for listening, for sharing, for leaving a review. Again, this podcast exists because we believe healthy communication is oxygen for your relationships and your leadership. So whether you communicate one-on-one to a team from a stage or from behind a screen, we hope that you were challenged and inspired today to communicate in healthy ways. We know that when you do, you really will change your world with your words. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week on the podcast.